0: Tonight's Shift Delirium, a podcast about junior doctors and the world that surrounds them. Today's episode is called The Journey. We're focusing on the story of Dorothy, another junior doctor here in England, and her journey into medicine. Welcome to our shift. Hey. <laughs> so today, um, should we just introduce ourselves?
1: Yep. Yeah, let's go.
0: All right. So I'm Victoria. I'm a junior doctor in England.
1: And I'm Dorothy, Dr. Dot, also a senior house officer in England as well, I guess.
0: So we were thinking we're on call right now, a night shift, actually. And we're thinking about our journeys, how we've gotten here. We both have very interesting stories. And I think we'll share a little bit about it with you all.
1: Do you want to start, Dot? Okay, um, so where do I begin? Um, I think I've always wanted to be a doctor. I've always wanted to be a doctor Um, since I was a child. It was just, you know, okay, I say it was just, so my father is a doctor. So I guess once you have that kind of um, image or role in the house, it's something that you're more accustomed to than maybe other people. So, definitely he probably definitely had an influence on me becoming a doctor. So, I always wanted to be a doctor. I was really good at art and I was really I was I was a good student, but I guess my strongest points were the arts actually. So, acting. I was just a very studious goody two shoes kind of student. So, then I got to secondary school and I remember being in year 8. I don't know what you call that in the states. Is that like
0: eighth grade or...
1: So it's the second year of high school, I guess, you guys.
0: Second year of high school? Tenth grade? Sophomore?
1: No, no, no. Okay, too far. It's junior college. When you're about 13. Yeah, that's like eighth grade for us. Okay. So I was in year eight. And I had this teacher, Mrs. Gopal. Thank you, Mrs. Gopal, wherever you are. She was just a fantastic science teacher. And she was teaching us about the digestive system. And I was obsessed. And I think we had an end of year... End of topic test and I got the highest. I just loved it. And and I was just, I was just like, I want to be a doctor. I just want to be a doctor. So everyone who knows me, even people that I went to primary school with, when they see me now as a doctor, they're like, you've always wanted to be a doctor because I've always worked so hard to make sure my science grades are good. So go through secondary school, did quite well um, with my GCSEs. I don't know what you guys call GCSEs
0: we don't really have any like there's not so just explain what GCSEs are So, GCSEs
1: they're... are what the exams that we take in England um in the last year of secondary school so that's secondary school is 11 to 16 and GCSEs you take them at age 15 oh my god age 15 or 16 Yes. Yeah, that so. is stress yeah and it's to, to be honest if I can get the rigor and the determination and discipline I had for my GCSEs, my life will be much better. <laughs> and just to clarify, GCSEs,
0: once you take that exam, that's like what determines your like path sort to of. To be
1: fair, when I mentor people, I say that, I say your GCSEs are so important. Um, so GCSE stand for General Certificate of Se- Secondary Education. They're so important. So to get into medical school, they'll look at your GCSEs. To get into some Russell Group universities, they will look at your GCSEs. So your GCSEs are your big major exams um before college and and which will determine the courses you get onto in college and which then go on to determine what you can do at university so your GCSEs because really, college is not university no college, college is like, like a specialized it's an in between secondary school and university so primary school secondary school college university is the is the pattern and from whenever you whenever we talk about university here so that's what we define as higher education here so I did my GCSEs I smashed them I worked so hard for them I remember I was actually struggling in science and that's why I believe actually if you put your mind to anything and if you're determined and I'm a Christian by the way and there's a scripture that always comes to me that where there is no vision the people perish and because I'd always had that vision that I'm going to be a doctor I worked hard so even when I wasn't Doing well. I remember because I'm, you'll see, I like to talk. So even in my answers, (laughs) I used to talk too much. So I wasn't, my exam technique wasn't good. And anyone would tell you here anyway in the UK, English exams are all about exam technique, and my exam technique was really poor. And I had this amazing teacher. Again, a shout out to all my teachers, Mr. Wignall. Now, Mr. Wignall, wherever you are, I hope you quit smoking. Because I really can I
0: say that is also the most British name.
1: He Mr. is Wignall. a Yorkshireman, <laughs> and you know he, you know he took a real liking to my best friend and I, because we were really serious and we wanted to do well. And he knew we wanted to do well. He had no time for the rest of us, the rest of people in the class because they were just messing about. But my best friend, Jade, shout out to my best friend, Jade, who's uh, head of biology at Campion School now.
0: Come
1: through. Oh, yes, honey. And she's a triathlete and she's one of the best swimmers in the county. Okay. Um, We were very serious. And I remember he would sit down with me and he would say, Look, this is how this person's answering a question. You know it. I know you know it because you listen. You answer my questions. You I I I have taught to you myself. Like he you sometimes he used to take Jade and I and just teach us because we were the only ones that were listen. Oh my god. Yeah. He, he, yes, literally Jade and I literally, you know, again, going back to the Bible, iron sharpens iron. We both had a vision for our lives. We both knew what we wanted to, to, to be and we, we stuck with it together. We did everything together down even now till now, we're always pushing one another. And, um, and he said, I know you can do it, Dorothy, but this is the way you're answering your question. So he really invested time into me. Then I had a tutor. My parents invested time into me. God bless Naomi. God bless Mr. Olu. So many people are part of my journey and they really encouraged me. Naomi taught me how to study. Like, so she really pushed me. Um, and I was getting C's in these end of, end of block um end of block tests and I ended up getting A stars for my science. And I think I was like one of the few um, people, if not the only person, I got an A star in my class. And A star is the top A star is the best, highest grade yeah. um for science. And it was so humbling, but I know I know there were so many people along that route. But again, when you have a vision, you work for it. I mm-hmm. I was going to the library, you know, um God bless my dad um <laughs> there was one time um Gosh, I have so many memories. There was one time I was gallivanting around West London and we had this um, test, this preliminary test that would contribute to our final mark. But we had a mock one and I flopped it. I got a C or something. So then I put the exam date on my board. And then, so my dad walks to my room and he said, eh, when is this exam? And I said, oh, it's not for a couple of weeks or not for a couple of months, I can't remember. I said, and you are going around West End when there's an exam. <laughs> do, do you think it comes from this guy? Do you think this because what did you get in the mark? And I hadn't told them. So I had to tell him. I cried so much that day, but it was the conversation that changed my life. Because it was really made me realize that you cannot wish your grades, that you cannot cheat hard work. So from then on I started I started going to the library. So then I did really in my GCSEs. My mom wanted me to go to a certain college, which was, you know, that you still have to wear uniform. It's very strict, it's very school like. But me, I wanted to go and turn up. I wanted to go to the to the college where everybody's <laughs> having fun and every day, baby girl for life. No, um, no uniform. You know, so I kind of, you know, um, so I I got admission into one of into one of the schools, but then they took one of my subjects away. So I kind of used to the excuse, oh no, I want to do this subject. I really want to do this subject. So let me go to this college and. What you have to remember is that I came to Essex when there were hardly any Black people. So we were the first influx of Black people into Essex from and inner can we London. just say
0: so? Like Essex is—is is it like a district or Essex a, a region? county? County. So
1: Essex is probably the second biggest county in the UK. Okay. So um, very, and it's right outside of London. Yeah. So, so it's like, defined as Greater London, but then so where I live is Greater London, but it's still defined as Essex. It's complicated. So
0: for like people in the states, I think it's most similar to like so London being like any big city, and then like Essex sort of loosely saying it's kind of like the suburbs outside of it yes um not everyone so would has you like say, you know go ahead
1: would you say like new jersey outside
0: yeah new York, yeah, yeah um yeah i think that's fair mm. i think or even looking like atlanta where someone is like Forty five minutes away from Atlanta, but they're like, Oh, they're they're from Atlanta. Yes, yes. And people outside wouldn't know, but if you're from the area, you're like, nah, that's definitely not Atlanta. Exactly. Definitely I know people already in my short time here who are like yeah i'm from london and you're like where and then they say it and then someone else usually cuz i don't i still don't know cities but someone else is like nah that's essex you that's, know what i mean exactly. so it's like that kind of vibe so that
1: kind of vibe so
0: and it's not very diverse to me i mean i, I think now i see more if
1: you think it's not diverse now I my can only goodness imagine. when i can I, only I mean imagine. i was the only black girl in school i was the only in my primary school until my one of my other best friends julie joined the school um and then um, in secondary school, as well as one of the few, one of few black girls, um, which for me was never a problem because I think my parents really raised us to be incredibly confident. Um, I personally didn't experience racism. In fact, I was loved. I will not try and pull any um, racism accusations. I was loved in secondary school. My teachers loved me. My friends loved me. I still have my core best friend. Shout out to Misha. Shout out to Julie, who are still my best friends from primary school and same with secondary school i was a head girl at school i was a head girl and my teachers loved me i mean the dinner ladies gave me not for anything they said they just gave me free food because i was just like we just love you like you're just the most polite girl i don't know where they got that from but so i never know
0: you are super sweet don't even okay
1: (laughs) i mean i can try (laughs) but um no so no i never really experienced um i never really yeah so um kind of, I, I, I kind of, I don't know where I got onto the, that point, but going to college, this is where I got to the point. The college was more diverse. You could, you would see the college kids on the bus and you're like, oh, college was more diverse. So I really wanted to experience that um, because I had moved from Essex, I'd moved from a very diverse area to Essex. So I kind of wanted to experience that. So I went to college and because I had done so well in my GCSEs, they wanted me to do an extra a level so normally you do four a level four as level so then you divide it into as which is half of the a level and then eight the four a2 level so they made me do five and made me do maths and i really didn't want to do maths. because no i'm sure you can cope with it looking back do i regret doing it maybe because i i don't know if i if i concentrated on four whether i would have done better mm. um so i ended up doing five i did okay um And at the same time, I became college council chairperson. So, you know, I became college council chairperson. I started a choir with some of my friends. Um, It was called One Touch. We started a choir. We were doing rehearsals every Wednesdays. And we were doing, like, ministrations. That's what I like to call them. Now, what kind of songs were you doing? It was a gospel choir, yeah. So it was a gospel choir. And I was also involved in um, another choir by the large Nigerian denomination, Redeemed Christian Church of God. So they had the youth choir, and it an and ex-gen so I was involved in lots of things outside of um college and I had a lot of friends so my mom was already no, seeing that you yeah, <laughs> a lot of friends no anyway <laughs> so anyway I um you know got my a levels I wasn't too uh, as levels I mean I think it was two a's and three b's and I think is a level as level AS levels, so that was That's the half after. one oh, so okay. then you apply so okay. when I applied to medical school I you know high flyer, you know, aim for the top. I applied to, you know, the top ones, Imperial, UCL. Oh, Did I get in? No. So, um, <laughs> medicine, very competitive. So, I applied to the most competitive universities. So, I didn't get So, that's me.
0: like saying, like, when you're applying in medical school in America, it's like, I'm going to Harvard. Harvard Yale, Princeton, Stanford. Yeah, uh, all of those ones. Yeah, yeah. basically.
1: Um, which is not... which it's not a problem no um which not a problem my younger sister is now at imperial it's not a problem but i wasn't prepared enough for them mm-hmm. um at so the at the time exactly um so i was not prepared enough for them so i didn't get in and then i um focused on my a-levels um then i really struggled with chemistry um, Ooh, I really don't worry. And do you know what? When I, actually, I get to my testimony, girl... <laughs> I actually preferred chemistry to biology. But I didn't... I struggled with chemistry in my second year. Um, so, anyway, A-levels come out and I don't do well as well as I want to again. So, um, because even if I had... Even though I hadn't got in, if I had the grades, I could just apply, take a gap year and not have to re- redo my A-levels and whatever. So then i had to take a gap year god being god um my college gave me a job they created nice. a role for me they created a role they made me student ambassador coordinator oh my gosh they that's created amazing. a role for me you know so and then i worked with my dad um, at his surgery so surgery was, is not surgery what okay, we call yes. it it's so, just like clinic yes clinic so he's gp <laughs> practice my dad's in America, they call it family medicine. Yeah. But my father was a general practitioner and had a practice in East London. And i had been working with him most summers. So this time I was working for him full time and actually getting paid. Hello. I was working to him for, for him for free for once. <laughs> um, so that was really nice. So I was working for him. I was working for the college. I was making money. I was enjoying myself. But then I was also resitting my A-levels.
0: Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so I was resitting my A-levels.
1: And you know the funny thing is, is that my, one of my A-levels, I was one mark off an A. Oh, one mark off an A and that would have changed everything if I'd got that one A I could have that without resitting God has a way of doing things and you just have to believe in his plan then I did not I was just thinking why am I going through this but whatever put my hand my chin up and I was thanking God for the opportunity you know I had two jobs really good jobs um and I was resitting my A-levels so resit them get into medical school but then miss my grades again Oh, my God. And I just think, wow, okay.
0: Let's take a quick break. Reflection. October. One of my patients, the sweetest lady ever, who I've been taking care of for about three weeks, showed me a picture that her daughter brought in. Apparently, back in the day, Mama Sita used to have a nice afro. Well, like, big curls, lots of hair, She's pointing to my hair and telling me that it looks just like hers when it was growing up. I think part of this is very much so based on the fact that we've grown quite fond of one another. Although she's definitely an Irish woman, and I am very much so an African woman. (laughs) Nevertheless, it's very sweet, and I hope that she's doing well now that she's been discharged
1: right okay um i tell you one thing my dad used to teach always taught me this thing he said success is the ability to overcome failure he said there is no success without failure if you're experiencing success and you've not had the time when you've slipped up it's waiting for you because that's Mm -hmm. where that's the only time you learn we don't learn from success we learn from when we make mistakes so um I then, so I got into University of Liverpool for medicine, so I ended up doing the undergrad course, um, which was Biological and Medical Sciences then, so I went to Liverpool, I was devastated when I went to Liverpool, I was just, I was living opposite the medical school, I was seeing people go to medical school, I was, I just, I was devastated, I would cry, I was just so upset, you know, all the time, And, and I believe that there are so many positive affirmations, and you know, when I speak positively to people, they think I'm just gassing. I believe what you put in the atmosphere is what you can get back. And I never forget one of my Um teachers, or I would say tutors. She was she never taught to me. She was actually the woman that employed me, but she was also she was one of the assistant heads of the college. Cause they found out my, my results the day before and they were really rooting for me. they done they had the ones they're the ones that had done my reference that the principal's never done a reference to someone who's not even on the system. He offers to do my reference for me, you know. They were behind me, but they knew, and they knew how much it would hurt me. And I sat there in the office with them that morning and I was crying. And they were just saying, Dorothy, do you know what? You will become a doctor. They just spoke into me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long, but you will become a doctor. Then you're not believing it. Um, You're not believing it. Um, But my parents had the same resolve. They were like, you're going to be, even to us, you're doing medicine. (laughs) <laughs> Just going the long way. They never even said you're doing biomedical sciences. You do medicine because that's what you're doing. You do medicine. So then um, I went to Liverpool. Um, and, you know, when I got to Liverpool, number one, I am a London girl. So I was thinking, oh, what am I doing here? All my friends went to university in, you know, in London, and I was up north. I was what am i doing here um so god again used amazing people shout out to my girl naki i met my friend naki um she's um she was doing biological medical sciences as well but she was the year above me well even though i've taken a gap year she was a year above me um and we just bumped into each other in the the library now when i I'm a london girl right I go to university, and most of the black people at university are from like they're from Nigeria. Or they're 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 not from London. So I was thinking, where did all these Nigerians come from? <laughs> but this um, Naki was actually a Ghanaian girl, and she was just and I just saw her in, in in you know the first thing you think about when you move out of London is how am I going to do my hair? So um, I I see Naki in book, the the bookstore, and I walk up to her and I said, oh, I really like your hair, and she's like, oh are you one of the new, um, are you one of the freshers or what they like to say? Um, you know, is it what you call freshmen's in, yeah. in the States? Um, and then we just started talking and then, you know, she would always say hello to me and stuff like that. And then she invited me around hers. And then I met some of the other girls and, you know, I was not happy when I got to Liverpool. And to be fair, I'm like I said, I always tend to have a lot of friends and, um, I didn't even want that. I just said, I just want to focus. I want to get this degree out of the way. I just want to get into medical school. I'm not here to make friends. You know, do makes friends in two days. Um, <laughs> day two, most day popular two. girl. <laughs> so, um, you know, they became such a core friendship for me. You know, um, we would pray together. I would stay over at their house. They, they, they made my time. Enjoyable, yeah. Like, there's my closest, some of my closest friends till today, and we would pray together, we would gist together, we would uh, gossip together. Um, and we were all so driven. So, for example, my friend Naki, she ended up going to Oxford to do embryology. Um, my friend Elsie went to Georgetown to do public health. Uh, my friend Ijem, she works for Shell in Nigeria. So, you know, very driven girls, very beautiful girls. And it was God just used them to allow me to say, you're here now. And while you're here, I'm going to look after you. Um, And so, you know, there was still a lot of pain, but I was driven. Again, going back to that scripture where there is no vision, the people perish. And my vision was very clear. I'm getting into medical school.
0: So we had to take another break because, well, we had to work. Um, and when we came back, we were joined by one of our colleagues. There's a little bit of an intermission before we get back to the story. OK, we're back and we're joined by another one of our colleagues, Mahnor. She's another junior doctor I in love our the hospital. I you say name. You
1: say it so correctly.
0: I just call her Mahnor. I <laughs> try because we used to be on call buddies and she always was telling people how to pronounce her name. McNoor. And I did my best.
1: And I must say, you do an incredible job at it. Oh, thanks, boo. That's Vic, though. I think she's very intentional. Yeah, she wouldn't just just say, I can't bother to learn that person's name. I've learned that from you. (laughs) There we go. There's a bleep, (laughs) as usual. (laughs) Killing the vibe.
0: (laughs) Sorry, guys. okay. I forgot we have to do a job.
1: (laughs) By the way, I... I'm absolutely obsessed with this idea of a podcast. I'm oh, obsessed with it. Obviously, oh. I, like, fantasise and dream about it, and I listen to endless podcasts, and I'm like, mate, me and my friends' conversations are so much more interesting. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> like... I'm being really serious. There's no signal here. I have to call from a real film. Guys, I'm such a vibe killer. And okay, like, Mahna has gone on. Guessing. <laughs> yeah, in. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and we were just talking about character types and the kind of character... I have, and she was saying, you know, and she said, you have a gift, and like the world is for the world, is for people, like your people, people, and like as I was talking, all I was thinking of was the person that could be, that could use my story, to work that little bit harder to not give up. Like that's literally what mm-hmm. I'm thinking.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: That's literally what I'm thinking. I tell you now, I I am not even lying. I was going to text you earlier. Are you working tonight? I swear. I That's swear. So I was just too busy watching this romantic film with my mum. I <laughs> swear I was gonna text you like, Vic, are you working tonight? And when I saw it, I was like, this, this is insane. <laughs> Okay, wait. By the way, sorry. Can you imagine how much more insane it was for me that I come to this one random night shift that I'm doing pre-my ITU night, and, it and I see the office. best squad turn up. <laughs> this is M the best squad. <laughs> I literally looked in and I was so anxious. I was like, oh, I've never done like a medical, I haven't done a medical night in so long. And then I see an absolute support system. Yeah. Oh, girl,
0: it's a COVID hug. So you guys can't see, but we're doing COVID hugs. We're sitting. Oh, we do. Oh, we are doing COVID hugs. <laughs> we're sitting next to each other, but not touching. Do you know the beauty of it?
1: I'm the Brit. There's the American, and there's the Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's basically the shade of the NHS, but you know, it's a story for another day.
0: Stop. bring us in.
1: Finish up your story. Okay. Yeah. So um. So. Um, and got into medical school finally um the last hurdle actually was when you apply for medical school you have to do an aptitude test and the aptitude test that i did was called the uk cat and this was actually my third attempt of the uk cat so really you would assume that after doing it twice you would get better right so just like the driving test i didn't tell anybody i just told me and my maker i told god and i prayed and i fasted and i did it and it was the worst I'd ever done. Oh I gosh. could not believe it. I cr- I literally called my mom from this place. I was crying. Like, why are you crying? I, was like, I just did my UK and She goes, why didn't you tell me? The spirit of God was telling me you had doing an exam. And you haven't told-? I was like, yeah, 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 That same spirit didn't make you text me, did it? But anyway, she was, you know, um, and um, I was crying and I was devastated and, you know, I, like I've said so many times, God has used so many people along my journey, so many of my friends. And I was living with my friend Alex at the time and I hadn't told her. I left the house I hadn't told her I was doing this exam. And I came home and I was devastated with Alex. I've just done my UK account and I've, and I've, I've flopped. Like I can't even apply to so many universities. You know, so I've been working so hard for the degree, thinking all I need to do is get my, what I need is minimum two one, which I'll definitely get. and I'm And I'm in. And I'm in. So I was like, what? But I'd prayed. I I did a dry fast. A dry. I did not eat for three days. That was the first oh time. Gosh. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I did not eat for three days, but I prayed. And I prayed a prayer. And I, and I, that's this thing about intentional prayers and specific prayers. I said, God, if you do not want me to become a doctor, close the door and don't allow me to open it. That's how deep it is. Because the reality is that if you're not doing what your purpose is to do in life, you will never be happy so um um so i prayed and i prayed and i prayed and alex sat on my bed this is something that i hadn't told you know i hadn't told her anything but she sat on my bed and she was googling away i remember lying under my covers just just thinking jesus lord have mercy i'm gonna have to go to prague or something i was
0: thinking wait random fact did you know they do surgery in all white in prague and sandals what? <laughs> yes, that's this a random this aside. This is why I did
1: not want to go, honey. And I knew that, look, at this point, my mum was finally going to send me to Europe. So I was like, Lord, please. And Typical and
0: Brits, want nothing to do with Europe.
1: I'm uh-uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Dex said I was not going. Um, so, Um So we look and look and look for universities and we find about three or four that I can just about get into. So... My personal statement, I have to admit, was lit. It was perfect, but you needed your UK cat. So, um, so I applied, applied with faith. And I applied to one called Hull York Medical School, right? Again, this comes But Honestly, my life is actually a testimony. Um, so I have always said that I will never go to university that is not a Russell Group University. I don't know what that means. So Russell Group are the top 20, maybe 22 now, universities in a country in terms of scientific research. So I guess it's the BTEC version of Ivy League. But it's our Ivy Leagues and we we respect it. Uh, So Russell Group University, there are 20. So that's Oxford, Cambridge, Imperial, UCL, Liverpool, I don't think... Sheffield, Manchester, um, Edinburgh. A bunch of different places. But yeah, Birmingham. So really good universities. So I said I've, I've never... It doesn't matter, I'm never not going to Russell University. I've always said that. So Hull York, number one, when I call my mum and say, oh, Hull York, she goes, what is Hull? Not even where is it? She's like, what is Hull? She was, <laughs> you know, she's my mum's my, my head, all her children are going to Cambridge. So she was just like, she was like, oh, what is Hull? She was just like, oh. My dad has the understanding that it doesn't matter what medical school you go to, just go to medical yeah, school. Man. But my mum is like, no, I groomed you all for Cambridge and Oxford. Maybe UCL. Maybe <laughs> Imperial. But I groomed you all for Oxford and Cambridge. She would be fist pumping if she heard this. She's like, yes, I know. I'm expecting one of you to do a master's there still. Like, she's still <laughs> waiting for somebody to say they're doing a master's there. So, um, you know, I applied anyway. And I'll never forget the day I got that interview. And I know that, that at that point they had a 10, 10 point... Um, scale for you UK cat. And I knew that mine was one, one, I got one out of 10. So therefore they, they they basically gave me an interview based on my personal statement. Um, so, um, that, that was just God. So, um, so then I get, so then I get in, I have my interview and it's an amazing interview. Um, it's at York. Um, so then whole York is two universities Hull and York. York is the one that everybody wants to go to. It's the nice, it's the old-fashioned one, it's the more prestigious one. Hull, <laughs> no comment. Um, the <laughs> campus is amazing, beautiful, but Hull, no comment. The city, no comment. But God has a way of doing things. So gets to the point where now they allocate us. Where do I end up in? Hull. Hull, of course. <laughs> Hull, of course. End up in Hull. I call them. I'm like, can you change it? Like, no, your computer did it. And then, well, tell your computer to undo it. (laughs) They they weren't having it. So I ended up going to Hull. Now, going back to what I just said about, I said I'm never not going to Russell Group University. That year that I got in, University of York was given a Russell Group status, and I could not believe it. I remember that email that I got. I didn't even enter the university. That University of York has now received a Russell Group status, and that's when I said the power of the tongue, the power of the tongue. So one of my universities had a Russell Group status. So I was still in the, the vision I'd declared for myself that I would always go to a Russell Group university. So I go to medical school and here I am. So I go to medical school and to be honest, God wanted me to be in Hull. I still, I'm trying to find a time in my life where I've been used so much by God in my life my church was amazing I learned so much and again I made some amazing lifetime friends I've been through one of the most difficult times in my life in the last two years and some of my friends from Hull what they have done for me and the kind of support they have been to me, my my, my pastor and his wife, um, my friends from there, you know, these are kind of friends that I'll have a birthday dinner and they'll drive four hours to come for the birthday dinner. Like these are amazing people and what they, what God used them for me, you know, I was able to make an investment there. I was able to learn how to, you know, Always, sometimes you, you've got to be uncomfortable to find yourself and you can't always get what you want. So I learned so much there. I learned how to, I used to. At one point, I used to like going back there because it was my own. It was my own city. I can walk down one road. I know everywhere is. I know my town. It's simple. There's no place to waste your money. <laughs> you know, I, this, my life was literally go to church, come back, go to library, go to my friend's house, go to church, come Rant back. Repeat. I'll repeat for five years, but my spirit was being fed. A bank account wasn't being drained, and I came out with my degree. Hello. So hello. So, um, yeah, so, and then here we are. And then I was able to graduate and now working as a doctor. And do I regret it? Absolutely not. People always ask me, what was your plan B? I said my plan B was medicine. Period. What's my plan A? Medicine. Because I have always said, well, there's a vision. Well, there's no vision of people perish. If you're walking in purpose, even when it's difficult, even when they're paying you <clears throat> per hour, you know... <laughs> okay. You know that you're walking in your vision when you're learning all the time, you're seeing your patients and you're there in the most difficult... You know, sometimes I, I see some F1s because I was a bit older, obviously. And an F1... Is a foundation year one doctor. so in, Which is it, a first
0: year medical doctor. Yeah,
1: so in other countries, they tend to call them house officers. So I know back home in Nigeria, they call them house officers. So it's your first year as a house officer. And I see some of these people who have graduated at 24 and they're dealing with issues that 50-year-olds are not dealing with. Mm. So they're dealing with death. They're dealing with family discussions. They're dealing with 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 real mortality, and I really have respect for them. I mean, I came to medicine when I was about twenty seven, but you know, you're having twenty three year olds who their mom still do their washing for them, telling telling somebody that you know what, you're not making it till tomorrow. No, but it's a big it's a big jump. So medicine really. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not laughing I mean, because that's so real, and I actually didn't really think about it, but it's. Definitely. These feel. are boys that like yeah. their mom still sends them food packages. Yeah. Yet they're the ones doing end of life conversations. Yeah. That's deep. It is. Or the young yeah. ladies, you know, who, you know. Sorry, I am mind-blown by that, <laughs> by those combination <laughs> of facts, because that is every boy I went to medical school. So true when you see. You them. can be so mature in one aspect I mean, of your life and so immature in another aspect. And medicine pushes you there. You can it can be your first day and you're at cardiac arrest, and they're telling you, you can't even remember how deep the chest compression should be but they're like you next <laughs> jump you know <laughs> and you just see some of the funkiest chest compressors, but he's got to do it you've got to take that blood gas even though you only did one at medical school right. you know so um medicine pushes you you know um like i said i went through a really big change in my life and people ask oh you say you're so strong you're so strong you're so strong i said i'm in a job that builds resilience mm. i remember the third paragraph of my personal statement was that I am ready to deal with the emotional maturity that medicine requires. Yes, there are times that you're feeling a bit drained, you're feeling, okay, this is a bit overwhelming, but it builds resilience Um, and the purpose in it, the people that I meet, people I'm able to encourage, the people that are not even in medicine that see me as a source of encouragement, that is part of my purpose. And I know that my life is not just for me. So I see that as a purpose. I have two siblings who study medicine. That, for me, is a purpose. I, be, You know, I'm leading, and even at work, you're working in a team. Like I always say to people, I say, if you want to know how to deal with people, go and work in a team. You, If, you, if you're always working by yourself, you can, you, you, cannot know how to deal with people. And medicine, you'll meet every type of really... <laughs> person. In your consultants, in your registrars, in the nurses, hallelujah, they will test your patience. <laughs> you know, in so many different types you know and it helps you it, it it helps your relationships even outside of medicine so am i in my purpose do i regret it absolutely no way do i regret my journey absolutely no way because god humbled me by force i was so used to getting all my grades oh yes come on you know and now i was i had to rely on god like i told you i had to fast i had to depend on god that if this is my purpose then do it for me and he did and he did it in a way that he allowed me to grow spiritually mentally um in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, I loved my journey and I'm really happy that my journey has encouraged so many other people and hope, and hopefully will continue to do so. So yeah, that's my story.
0: It. We love it, we love it, we love it. Thank you for sharing your story with us.
1: Absolute snaps for that.
0: Very good. I hope you all enjoyed hearing a bit about Dot's journey into medicine. Throughout this season, you'll hear the story of Mahnoor, myself, and a few others. Everyone has such an interesting and unique path into medicine, and I firmly believe it greatly influences not only how we practice medicine, but our interactions with our colleagues, our patients, and so many other staff members. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. I hope that you've been thinking about what it is we've been talking about, there are many take home lessons. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at Delirium Shift. I said it wrong last time. And on Instagram at Night Shift Delirium. See you at our next shift.